why they should be thinking about public speaking for to help build their business. Well, the first thing is it's going to get you in front of more people at the same time so that you're not spending a lot of time and burning out individually going after one client after another client. It gives you a platform to attract a lot of people into your business at the same time. The second reason is it gives people the opportunity to know, like, and trust you. And I'm sure you've heard that term, but it's really important because once they get a feel for you, they get a sense of you, they want to work with you. Welcome to You Are Buzzworthy. Do you like to network? Is it how you garner most of your new business opportunities? I know it's what got me to my first million and loved the process every step of the way. But unfortunately, networking by itself is not scalable. Even if you take into account networking with possible joint ventures, which takes a lot of time, energy, and many times never bear fruit. So what if I told you that you could scale your networking capabilities? What if instead of telling your story over and over and over again to one or two people at a time, you could tell it once to countless peoples at a time? Well, that's what I am going to show you how to do today. And to help me is Jackie Lappin, who is on a mission to help entrepreneurs, coaches, and authors find and secure their next clients by getting in front of more audiences faster. She's helped nearly 400 luminaries and leaders like Don Miguel Ruiz, Dr. Joe Vitale, and James Timlin. She has helped them grow their businesses, sell more books, and create viewership through her platform. Let's join the conversation. Jackie, welcome to You Are Buzzworthy podcast. How are you doing today? I'm delighted to be here. Thanks for inviting me, Buzz. No worries. I, you know, we met not too long ago, but, you know, we got talking about public speaking um, because of the fact that I love public speaking myself. It's, it's something that I've found to be so beneficial to my business and you have an awesome business that helps business owners uh, actually get started with public speaking and keep it moving and keep it growing and help them really uh, shortcut the, the, the resources it takes to get on stages, both virtual and real. So uh, before we dive into all of that awesome thing, I want you to help my listeners understand why they should be thinking about public speaking for to help build their business. Well, the first thing is it's going to get you in front of more people at the same time so that you're not spending a lot of time and burning out individually going after one client after another client. It gives you a platform mm -hmm. to attract a lot of people into your business at the same time. The second reason is it gives people the opportunity to know, like, and trust you. And I'm sure you've heard that term, but it's really important because once they get a feel for you, they get a sense of you, they want to work with you. Right. So being in front of them is the single most effective way to get people over that learning curve of, do I want to work with this person? Exactly. And, and I also feel that, you know, the expertise, I mean, this is specifically for uh, service-based businesses, that expertise goes a long way. You just being at the front of a room, virtual or in person, gives you so much authority before you even start talking. You know, and so we, we yeah, definitely have uh, heard uh, me talk about no like and trust. 
right? The trust piece is the biggest piece I feel for public speaking um, because we're showing that, that basically whoever put us on that stage is, t- is telling the entire audience, we should be listening to that person. Listen up. We've got somebody you should be hearing, right? So before you even get started, it's, it's there, you know? Um, so I think that there's a misnomer when we talk about public speaking, especially for those, um, it, it's, it's weird because since COVID, you know, it's, it's the, the lines have been blurred of what a public speaker is. So why don't we help the audience understand all of the places we would consider being a public speaker? Well, most people think of this standing in front of a live stage, but that's not the case anymore. I mean, mm-hmm. podcasts are basically a stage. Virtual summits are a stage. Virtual networking can be a stage. Um, TEDx can be a stage. Virtual uh, events can be a stage. Meetings, etc. You know, the number of meetings that are staying virtual is astonishing. So some of them are going back into the room and some of them are. And we just did, we have a, a service called Conference Connections where we um, get, aggregate all the uh, conferences that are looking for speakers right now at the same place. So we went in there last week and we did the numbers. Over two thirds of them are live events, but that other one third is half divided into virtual and hybrid. And hybrid is where you're speaking to a smaller group of people in the room and everybody else is watching it on uh, some kind of streaming. And right. all of those are great opportunities. And if you're at all intimidated about speaking on stage, which many people do, mm-hmm. go out and give your podcast host a series of questions that basically replicates what you want to teach from the stage. And by the time you've done that 20 or 30 times and gone over that content again and again, again, by the time you get on an actual live stage, you're going to feel so much more comfortable because that information now is just flowing out of you. You have got it down to the absolute nub of what you got to deliver. Exactly. So, yeah, last season I had Alex uh, Sanfilippo from podmatch.com and we talked about a lot of the um, ways to get really good at podcasting. And I feel that podcasting, guest speaking on other people's podcasts is an awesome way to do exactly what you just talked about. Practice what you are going to talk about, right? Because really an, an onstage is just basically taking the interviewer out of the picture. So, you know, and so once you've answered those questions so many times, you're telling those stories. All you have to do is start with the stories. And if the story starts the next segment, the story and the next segment and the next segment, you don't need the interviewer anymore. So I think that's really cool that um, you, you created that parallel there. I've seen in a lot of my uh, live events that I've been going to that they almost all of them still have that virtual element. And I have a standing quarterly mastermind I'm in that usually meets down in Texas and I'm in Springfield, Illinois. And this time I couldn't go. It just wasn't, I had something else in Dallas. They were in Austin and I'm like, ah, just, I can't, I can't do it. Right. But I wanted to be there. I wanted to get the information for my mastermind. So I went ahead and just did the virtual, which was awesome. And I don't think that that discounts, like when people said, well, I've only done virtual. Right, like you're talking about the summits. First, those who don't know what a summit is, a summit is like the next level of a webinar. It's live. It is usually multiple speakers, correct? Yes. And they um, are sharing a lot of information. Now, the difference between a summit and say a a conference 
is the fact that it's really more is very condensed comparatively and there's usually on the virtual summits there no there is no live right it's just that it's online well, some, and some virtual summits can be live some oh, virtual be summits live. be live okay tell yeah. me a little <laughs> more of that different people um, depending on who the host is, sometimes they're pre-recorded, sometimes they're live. Some are actually a hybrid, a little of both. But the difference really, and you know, in a conference is because it's it is a defined period of time. Mm -hmm. It only happens once. It doesn't re you know reoccur constantly. Mm -hmm. um, you know, like podcasts do or meetings do. You know, I call meetings evergreen speaking opportunities. Um, and so, you know, you can, when you hear the word summit, it could be a virtual summit or it can be a live in-person summit. But gotcha. in, increasingly, people are not using that term with live events anymore because it's confusing. Right. So most of the time, they're going to give you the name of the conference instead. Gotcha. Yeah, because I went to the, uh, the so then June this year. So this, um, I will be at a summit in Costa Rica. Now that happens every year. And then TNC Summit uh, in San Diego, that's a marketing summit. Uh, traffic and conversions, that's a summit, right? So sh give us an idea of what a conference uh, would, uh, an example of a conference. Well, it, you know, a lot of conf conferences tend to um, be associations that are bringing all their members together. Ah, or um, they're putting on a, um, an event in an industry, and it's mm -hmm. an industry trade event. Gotcha. Um, you know, or it, it's it, uh, an event that's been put together to really bring leaders in a particular business like marketing, mm -hmm. um, you know, so, you know, that's more of what a conference, but a lot of conferences are also put on by individuals, uh, experts in their fields who say, okay, I'm going to put on this event and I'm going to have four or five people that I know and I think are augment what I'm teaching my team on mm. my stage as well. Right. So that can also be a conference or a retreat and our speaking opportunities for leaders if you know people that are actually putting those on. Right. Meetups are a great opportunity as well because that if you have a niche service and you're a local service, you could literally just go online, uh, create a meetup. I don't think it's very much to actually host meetups and then put those out. If nobody shows up, who cares? Until yeah, until you just keep promoting it until somebody goes, yeah, I want to do that. If you only have a handful of people in the room, guess what? You have undivided attention for a half a dozen people. That's awesome. You get to really connect with those people, right? So it's not that you always have to be invited to somebody else's stage. We Like you were just saying, we can create our own stages pretty much anywhere. Podcast hosting is another way that you can create your own stage. Uh, kind of like this one right here. And you have a podcast and we bring on people. Um, I create the stage because I really enjoyed being a guest, but I also wanted to help my audience, you know, from my social media and all my networking to say, Hey, listen, you want to hear who I'm talking to? I'm bringing those people onto my show so you can hear my discussions with them. Right now. I have people now. I just found out I have a fan in Singapore who <laughs> loves listening to the show. And he's like, do not stop doing the show. I learn so much from it. So you never know how big your stage is when you start, right? The biggest thing is just getting it started. But say we didn't want to uh, start our own show. We didn't want to do a meetup and put ourselves out there. What are some ways we can get started in finding stages or getting invited to stages to talk on? 
Well, local is great because it's a great opportunity to begin, you know, seeing what works from stage um, it, to test your offer, to see how comfortable you are, to build up your confidence. Now, what you're looking at are um, chambers of commerce and um, uh, spiritual centers or um, uh, 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 meetups, local mm. meetups. Uh, entrepreneurial meetings, women's business meetings, um, you know, association meetings in your marketplace, because, you know, many associations have chapters all over the country. That's some of the things that we do over at Speakertunity. We aggregate all those so people don't have to go looking for them, and we make mm. it really easy. So that's part of our mission is to go find those. Um, and uh, so, you know, when you want to get started, local is a really, really good way to get started. And Love local. Mm-hmm. Yes, and, I started and, with my chamber of commerce when I when I started in business, and mine was in Anchorage, Alaska. And uh, the Anchorage Chamber was an awesome place to do like lunch and learns. Um, eventually, they asked me to speak at their education uh, programs, where they were you know future leaders of Anchorage and and business uh, conferences where they were doing or not conferences but uh, uh, business. Um, programs where they were basically going, hey, you're a small business of this industry, and we're going to talk about these five topics over the next five weeks. So it's like a seminar series, right? Um, those types of things. Those are really great. B&I is another place where a lot of people don't realize that you can go and literally talk at a B&I um, anytime you want as a guest. One time. You get once. You get once, right? And there are a lot of places like that Associations rotaries. love associations. Rot rotaries are another good thing. Oh, it's beautiful. And, and that, they yeah. love people. And there's not just rotaries. There's Kiwanis. And in Canada, there's king clubs. You know, there are service groups Lions. all over. There's some mm -hmm. that are just for women. Um, mm -hmm. You know, there are some just for men. Um, you know, that's, that's, that is a really good place to get started. And the mm -hmm. audiences are really unforgiving. So, you know, I mean, a, a, a very forgiving, I should say. So, oh, you had me confused, Jackie. I'm like, what do you mean? Forgiving. <laughs> so, you can make lots of mistakes and not be perfect, and nobody yeah. cares. Yeah. Um, yeah, know, I mean, the, the expectations are low, and, and they're usually more intimate settings, too. I think the biggest thing to, to take from that, if you're going to start local and you're going to start those associations, make sure the associations match. The audience matches who you want to be connecting with with your business. Because the, the end result, like you, we, we start with value, obviously, as a speaker. That's, that's really the only way you can utilize speaking. A lot of people will talk about selling from the stage and stuff like that. I have found that the less I sell, and the more I give, the more I get, right? Versus somebody coming up there and, and giving, um, there's actually an agency owner I was talking to the other week and he was like, do I only give like 80% or 90% and then tell them to reach out to me for the rest? I says, no, give them 100% and then give them more and then promise them even more free stuff if they reach out to you. And he goes, well, why would I do all that? I said, because anybody who's going to take your free stuff and not buy from you wasn't going to buy from you in the first place. It's the people that you show them the roadmap and they go, that's the roadmap. I, 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 can, get, I can get on board with that roadmap, but I don't want to do it. You have the roadmap. You can be my driver. I will take you. Thank you very much. Have a nice day. Well, and we right? need to talk about some of those speaking gigs don't even let you make an offer from the stage. And, and those so are the best. And you really need to have a great free offer 
something mm -hmm. that entices people onto your opt-in list so then you can build a relationship with them afterward but you don't want to lose the opportunity of having been in front of all those people you want to gather up their email addresses yes a hundred percent um you know i have a book um, I was just at a conference in uh, Wisconsin for the American Builders and uh, Contractors Association, and um, and I did some talks. Now, uh, they don't want you selling anything from that stage, right? And I had three different uh, talks on marketing for contractors. So at the end of it, I just had them get, I said, I'll give you a free copy of my book. And, and the only thing I asked for was their business card. They knew if they gave me my business, that was the cost, the business card has their email on it. It has their phone number. It has all their information. And I'm going to sign a book for you and give you that book for free. That was the, that was the exchange, right? And if you're, if what you're giving on stage is uh, pursuant to anything you have to give out, it could be an ebook, all those types of things. You could have been easily just a PDF that I told people, Hey, listen, everything I just talked about, I'm going to give you the checklist send your, uh, give me your business card at the top and I'll make sure that each one of you gets a copy of that in your email the next week. Boom, done. It does not have to be technical. A lot of people think, oh, I need a landing page and I need a funnel and I need all these others. No. What Jackie was just telling you is that all you're looking for is that email. However you get it, however uh, rudimentary your process of collecting it is just fine. You want to continue that conversation as uh, at a later date. And not everybody that says they want to start the conversation will finish that conversation. It's a numbers game from there, right? Sure is. Absolutely. So if we want, okay, before we get on a stage, I think it's important to understand what do we first need before we get on a stage? What's the most important ingredient to being on stage? You need to decide what your signature speech is going to be about. What is the content you want to be delivered? And it basically is a roadmap, you know, of here's a little bit about my story. Here is what I want to teach you. Mm. Uh, give, let me give you three or four or five tips or some mm. body of knowledge. And mm. then here's where I can take you to the next level. And mm. you want to know what that subject matter is. You want to map that out because it's really imperative that you give something that is consistently valuable mm. and that people know you for your signature speech. Now, you should have more than one, but get one down. Know what that is. And mm. then you can start really perfecting it and delivering it. If you need some coaching, there's great speaker coaches that will help you get to the you know, point where you're, you know, you're comfortable on stage. If you don't want to do it on your own, Toastmasters is another great way to do that. Oh, that's uh, a good one. So, you know, Toastmasters is a great resource just when you're getting started. But if you want to get, you know, to the next level, um, you know, you can you can take your own route. You can get help um, as you can in anything. So when you get that all put together and you know what you want to talk about, then you're going to need something else. <laughs> you're going to need a great title and titles. You know, you can be staying up nights trying to figure out what a great title is for a, a speaking presentation. And I yes. have one simple way to make it really, really simple. I have a uh, an ebook that is called um, "20 Snappy Irresistible Speaking Title Presentation Ideas." And what it is is a, a formula, twenty different formulas that you can fit your information into and say. Oh, that one really works. Ooh, that one's irresistible. And they're going to give you so many ideas that you can just basically settle down and relax. You'll find one amongst them. 
I know it'll make your life so much easier. That's awesome. And we're going to get a link to that resource uh, in the show notes. So people do uh, make sure you take full advantage of this. As a copywriter, I will tell you right now, I still have issues with like just str- issues. I'd probably say struggles. I struggle with getting my titles right. Right. I, I can come up with some snappy ones, but getting them right is a big deal. And, and understanding those formulas, I think, is just a great shortcut. Um, I'm working with Jackie to get my titles down. And so if you don't know what you're going to talk about, finding your it, 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 literally getting a title for me was what helped me. My first uh, keynote is what got me started in speaking was I somebody said, hey, can you answer this question? I'm like, well, that'll be the title of the, the, of the speaking uh, gig, right? And I answered the question. <laughs> That's pretty cool, right? Um, one of the things you, you mentioned was the, one, the three to five things and, and whatnot. One of the things that I'd like to add to what you said there is the rule of threes. When you're on stage, people can remember, the human brain, I'll just say, can remember three things really well. When you start adding past three, it has more uh, uh, difficulty keeping a grasp on the entire concept. Now, with that said, I have done three sets of three in one of my speaking, uh, in one of my uh, signature talks, and that still worked really well because they remembered the top, the three main things. And when they mentioned one of the topics, they could tell me the three subtopics to that or the three steps to each of those three topics, right? So um, I want to give that to people because when you're making your speech, the outline is the second hardest thing to do is get your outline and structure that because you have to be able to create something that can be done in five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, half hour, 45 minutes, and an hour. Because you never know. You have to, like when you when Jackie's talking about your signature talk, it's not just one like, hey, yeah, give me 20 minutes because you don't always have 20 minutes. You don't always have an hour. Sometimes you only get five minutes. And so you need to be able to take that and truncate it and or expand it to fit and if you're ready with that one signature talk, you can always get a gig. If you wanted a gig next week, you could go out there and go, what stage can I be on? All the things we talked about, we're going to have some other links um, that Jackie has of uh, some networks. She was talking about putting things together um, for you to where it's uh, she's curating these lists so that you can find uh, speaking gigs locally. We're going to have those in the show notes. Those are awesome as well. Before I let you go, Jackie. This question, I think, can help people just as much telling them what they to do, what not to do. What is the one thing we want to make sure we always avoid before uh, uh, when going on a stage? Well, I think the more most important thing is about getting booked. You know, there's a couple things. First of all, when you're writing your proposal materials, that's your proposal letter and your speaker one sheet, which is something we help you guys with. Um, When you go to um, deliver those materials, the biggest mistake people make is they make it about themselves. These Mm. are my credentials. This is what I do. This is what my background is. That's all part of it. But the most important message that you can deliver to anybody that you want to book you is what's in it for the audience. 
What are they going to get out of it? What's the outcome that they're going to experience on the other side? Stay out of process. Don't tell people how you do it. Just tell them what you're going to do for them. What they're going to what what problem you solve in their lives that that's been keeping them awake at nights. And if you can stipulate that to the booker, it's going to make all the difference in the world. Wow. A lot of great tidbits in this episode, but the key is to get moving. I hope you heard how important public speaking is for your business. As a CEO, you are the spokesperson of your business, so you have the responsibility to get your company's message to as many people as humanly possible. To help you get on more stages, both virtually and in person, check out Jackie's links in the show notes. She has so many great resources for both the beginner and seasoned speaker. So check out her links today and get your message out there. Make sure to like and subscribe to the show. And until next time, stay buzzworthy.